you would bow your heads, please. Dear God, we come to you now at the appointed time and just speak directly to us, dear Lord. And uh, let us hear the message you have planned for each and every one of us. And then give us the strength and endurance and perseverance. Go out and live it as you live through us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we're been approaching some, some topics. Is it still important in 2022? Last week we hit the topic of love. And uh, the message is love is everything. Everything comes from love. And that's biblical. And um, that's... Uh, Yes, so love's still important in 2022. So uh, this morning we're going to talk about church attendance. Is it still important to come to church? I mean, we have, a, we have a live stream that will pump it to your house. We video it, and you can catch it at your leisure um, at whatever time suits you. If 1030 is too early, you can watch it a little later. If it's too late, you can watch it the next time when it's early, all right? So... Um, What's the purpose of coming? Is there still a purpose of coming here? Is there a reason to come here? Um, is, you know, is it still important for us to come together? Because, you know, you, I, I'll just tell you some of the best church services I've ever had. I'm in a car by myself. And the right song comes on. or Yeah, you really can, can worship in there. And that's important. That's important time. And I will hit again the, the idea in the really uh, the, the mandate that we have that you are to spend time with Jesus Christ alone each and every day and build that relationship. Um, you need to set a time, Bible study, prayer, concentrating on what the Holy Spirit has to, to say and to reveal to you. Thanks, bud. So as we, uh, as we move through, let's talk a little bit about fellowship, okay? And yesterday I had the opportunity of doing a, a, a wedding. Lexa Carney grew up in this church. I grew up with uh, Tara, went to all the grades with her, and uh, had some classmates come in. It was just a fun night, and uh, watched Lexa grow up. And um, her husband now came to this church before they moved over to Indiana, and they were here every Sunday. In fact, I baptized him here, and um, so um, just a, you know, sweet kids, uh, loved Tara to death, you know, grew up with her, and, you know, so it was kind of a little bit of emotional um, day, you know, you see someone you grew up um, from diapers all the way up, and then you are involved um, with the premarital counseling, and then you do all that stuff, and then you were there and officiate, and you actually sign the you know, so it's a little bit of an emotional day and all that. And we, we teach here um, that, you know, um, the Bible's pretty clear that we are made in the image of God, all right? And God is a family within himself, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In fact, there's a scene where, where Adam is naming the animals and God is watching him work alone and he is sad for Adam because he's by himself. We're not supposed to be by ourselves. That doesn't mean everybody's supposed to be married. But it does mean that you're supposed to be part of a family, part of a community, okay? Because that's the image that we're made in. And then we, we tell that because Ephesians 5, Paul, he talks about, he reveals the answer to the great mystery. And that mystery is answered with, if you want your marriage to be strong, then there has to be three in one. So it's got to be a husband, a wife, and God. And when those three come together, then it's like a threefold cord. It's not quickly broken. 
okay? And then that's, that's what we teach here. And when the only way to truly come together as one flesh is to put God in the center of your marriage and of your family, all right? And then we also teach here that that applies to families as well and the church family. So we have a different connection as Christians than we do with people who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. We have the Holy Spirit that is inside of each and every one of us, and we recognize that. We have a different relationship, different type of relationship, okay? And then as we come together as collective Christians, the same, the same um, um, biblical rules apply is that if we are going to come together as a family should and come together as one flesh, a church, and one accord, then what we need to understand is that God has to be in the center of everything that we do here, okay? So is it important to meet? My, my statement is yes, it is extremely important that we still come to church and do the things that we do here, okay? In fact, don't take my word for it, it's biblical, okay? And we are mandated to do it, all right? And just like it said, when we come together in the right kind of way, we come in together the way that we are called and created to come together, and that is in complete unity. All right. Last week, so we're building on weeks here, so I'll just remind you of that. Last week, we talked about how you have to have a level of love to where you can overlook certain types of people and their faults. All right. When you, as a, and we said it as a teacher, you, know, you have a couple of problem childs or, or coworkers that you don't get along with, you have to, for the good of the school and for the good of the development of the child, you have to look past things, okay? And you still have to approach it in a loving manner. And the only way you can do that is be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can properly love. And that same thing applies to here at church, is that you're not going to like everybody here at church. If you get enough people together, you're going to find somebody that you don't like or don't get along with or whatever, rub or whatever words you want to use. But... If we approach it with the right kind of love, with the right kind of Christian love, we're capable of overlooking that for the good and health of the church. All right? And it says here, in the, and this is Jesus speaking, in the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Okay? So what is that glory? That they may be one just as we are one. So there is that biblical teaching that any time you want to come together in your marriage, in your family, or as a church, you have to come together as to reflect the Holy Trinity. And God has to be in the center of everything there, okay? And it says that I and them and you and me, I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So here's what we have is that Christ has to be the center of everything that we do here and that Everything we do here is fixated, fixated because we're disciples. We're not just members of a club. We're disciples. So we have to be fixated on giving Jesus Christ glorification in everything that we do here. And it says that if we do that, then we reflect the type of unity that is found in the Holy Trinity. And it says that then the world, if we come together in that kind of way, then the world will know that we are of Jesus Christ. And it says that, and that, they, that, I have, that Jesus loves us the same way that God loved Jesus 
in the, inside of their little community there. Okay? Now this is utterly important because it builds on last week is that all things are starting with love and the motive and the mission of everything that we do here and the driving force has to be love. And the only way that we can do that is to come together, put the glorification of Jesus Christ in the center, get past all of the things that we have trouble getting past and come together in perfect, complete unity. Okay, First John, John chapter 1 says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. Our, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So everything that we do here, we have to identify and we have to put Jesus Christ in the center of it. And we are called to have fellowship. The same way that I have been preaching to you pretty solid the last several months about identifying a time in the day where you have one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus Christ, okay, that is of utmost importance. If you're not doing that, then you're missing out. You're going to the, to the war without any kind of weapon. And I also will reiterate to you that your first step or your first action in the morning before your feet ever hit the floor, pray the prayer of emptying, empty me of me, and the Holy Spirit's in there, just let him have his way so that I am willing to pick up that cross and carry it the way that I'm called to do it. Okay, And then we are also called to have fellowship amongst the body. And that is important Okay, because there's a lot of good things that come out of fellowship, especially when you put Jesus Christ in the center of it. So fellowship is a mandate from the Bible. And if you exclude yourself off from that, then there will be negative effects in your Christian walk. Just like if you exclude yourself from having private time with Jesus Christ, you're going to have a negative effect of that in your life. Okay? So we have to have private time with Jesus Christ, and we also have to have fellowship time with the body. It's vitally important. It's biblical. Okay? So what is our mission here? What, what are we doing here? Well, Acts talks about the first church, and it says that they continued steadfastly. All right? And what they were doing studying doctrine and having fellowship. So two things they were doing. So they were getting stronger in the word, growing in their faith, growing in their spiritual maturity. And how were they doing that? By themselves? They were doing that as a group. They were doing that as a family. Let me just say this, is that we are led, we are put in homes to be leaders Parents are supposed to be the leaders of their homes, and that includes spiritual elements as well. We are mandated to be spiritual leaders inside of our household. We are, we are called to teach our kids biblical things, biblical stories, spiritual things. That's probably the most important thing as parents that we ever do. All right? And sometimes we get all the other stuff first, and then we try to sprinkle in some spiritual stuff, and it should be the other way around. And I'm preaching to Aaron Phelps here this morning, too. Okay? So they were working on doctrine, and the way that they got there was in fellowship. It went hand in hand here, because we don't want to leave anyone behind. Have you ever seen the, you ever seen the um, Natural Geographic shows? And they make you, they make, somehow they make you fall in love with the wildebeest. And... The little baby wildebeest, and like, oh, he's so cute. Look at that, horns, you know. And then here comes the mean old lion, and then he runs them off. Well, you know, Junior can't keep up very good, and 
you know, you're like, run, 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 you know, and then the tiger gets, okay, we don't want to leave anyone, we don't want anybody left behind, okay, we're, what we're here is to grow and grow as a family, and we never reflect heaven more than when we come together as a Christian family, all right, and we have to get past all the misunderstandings, all the disagreements, I had a conversation with someone, it's been a couple months ago, and boy, they were laying out how much they disliked somebody and all that. And I said, let me ask you this, what are you going to do when you get to heaven and your mansion's right next door to that dude's? <laughs> how are you going to work that out, okay? Something to ponder on, all right? But that's what they were doing. They were growing in their faith, and they were doing it with fellowship. Fellowship is vitally important to the growth. You build people up, encourage people, okay? You have the prayer partners, you have people praying with you, you have people pushing you, helping you, there to care for you, and then you do all those things for other people as well. So fellowship is important, and it says, the fear came upon every soul, many wonders and signs that are done, all right? And it says that they were breaking bread and in prayer, all right? So, number one, they were teaching biblical doctrine, and they were doing it through fellowship. We, and this, this verse is a slap, um, it's a punch in the gut. It's a punch right there. That's the liver punch right there. You can knock down anybody with a liver punch right there if you hit it right. This is one of those. And it says you cannot go through this life. It's pretty much what it's saying here. Okay, I'm going to put this into Carol Phelps on the way up to grade school. This is the Illinois Avenue speech right here, okay? You can't go through life being an immature child that gets tossed about by every little trouble on this earth. You gotta plant some some roots. Roots, say that word right. Roots. You gotta grow. You can't be deceived by trickery. You gotta have some some you know some guts about you. You gotta have some understanding. You gotta be you know, read. You gotta be prayed up. You gotta have faith. You gotta have the ability to stand up and stand up for what's right. But in order to do that, you have to be a mature spiritual Christian. And, we, and, and I'm just going to tell you, as your pastor, we need more spiritual, mature Christians, not only in this church, but in the world. Amen. Okay? Take that for what you think. All right. Speak in truth. Speak in love. Okay? Did you get that? And may grow up in all things in him who is the head and the center of everything, and that is Jesus Christ. So church, it's a place of fellowship, all right? What do we do here? We are devoted to one another. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Honor giving preference to one another. Do you understand what that means? You you know, you think of others and put them before you put yourself. All right? And And that's not just standing in line at the food buffet out there, okay? No, go ahead. And then you say, well, I did it. That's talking about some issues too when sometimes sometimes you just have to swallow your pride and and roll on because you love them okay and that's some and that's hard to do sometimes I get it and it says not lagging in diligence okay we're not lazy people fervent in spirit serving the Lord rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation continuing steadfastly in prayer 
distributing the needs to the saints given to hospitality. So we are here to work, we are here to serve, we are here to put others before ourselves, and we do that not because we're great people, we don't practice humanism here, we do it because we are led and filled with the Holy Spirit. We are here to be devoted to one another and to the greater cause of what Jesus Christ died for and what he came back to instill in us so that everyone here in this planet can go home in heaven with everlasting life, okay? That is what we're called to do, make all people disciples, all right? But we have to do it in the right way, and we have to do it with devotion. Church, we are here to instruct one another, okay? And, uh, you know, some people are blessed with teaching. Some people do it through their living. Some people do it one-on-one, quietly. Some people, you know, have the ability to make friends and, and, you know, send cards and do all that stuff. Some people have all those things. But I'm telling you that we are here to instruct one another. We're here to um, teach. We're here to teach not only in class, but in prayer. You know, sometimes people say, I don't really have a gift. Well, we need some prayer warriors. We've had too many prayer warriors die off. And I don't know that we're filling their ranks. I mean, the, the bench sometimes feels not, not as full. And we've had some prayer warriors die off. And boy, anybody, anybody can pray. And I mean, it's, it's, it's for sure a, a gift that is developed over time. But if you want to make an impact on people and you don't want to be out front or have to, man, if you just pray for them, wow, you will truly make a difference. And it has to be a place of compassion. This has to be a place of love. This has to be a place where people who have messed up can come and not be ashamed. Okay, they can be sorry, but this is a place where they come for forgiveness. And if they don't feel like they can receive forgiveness here, how are we ever going to attract the lost world here? Okay, and it says that be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. There's the thing. We have been forgiven for all of our sins, even the ones you never would tell anybody about. And yet we want to hold some of the sins that against people. And we're, we're bad at labeling people. You know, we're a, we're a people of label. Our clothes have labels. Everything has labels. And then sometimes we label people. You ever seen a kid get labeled in like the first grade? Watch that kid go through school. I mean, he, high school, it's still sometimes trying to live the label down. And then you mess up and, and a sin follows you around your life. I mean, I'm telling you, this, is a, this needs to be a place of compassion. Okay? It needs to be a place where people feel loved. This is a place of encouragement. All right? Silas was an encourager. You know, I always kind of laugh because you read about Paul and Silas, you read about all these bad things that happened to Paul. Silas was his encourager. And you're like, go get him, Paul. <laughs> and you know, and he's, he's getting stoned and snake bitten and all that stuff. And so, but we need, we need people who encourage. Um, my Uncle Larry is one of the biggest encouragers I've ever been around. I've never seen him in a bad mood. And just always encouraging. And lots of people like that in our church. But it brings a comfort. It says that brings a comfort to each other. So when you're being encouraged, you're comforting people. All right? And then it also says that it edifies. It builds people up. Just as you also are doing. So... As we grow and as we're blessed, 
it's our mandate to encourage people and to motivate them to become more spiritually mature, to step out in faith, to serve more, okay, to, to you know, get more involved and to express their spiritual gifts. We need to be a place of encouragement. And when people fall down, guess what we're asked to do? Pick them up. Pick them up so that they can keep moving. We're not leaving anybody behind. And this needs to be a place filled with love. You knew I was going to get to love at some point, right? For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. What is it? That we should love one another. There should be no doubt. There should never be any doubt that people inside of a church love each other. If, if that's being doubted, that's the devil getting a foot wedge inside of this place. Okay? And we don't want that. If you've got problems with somebody, get it, get it done appropriately. And if you want to know those steps, talk to me or one of the deacons, and, and we'll walk you through that. But we, ha- we can't have any kind of hatred. This place has to be a place of love. Now, does it mean that you're going to agree with everybody and get along with everybody? No, that is the message, is that love gives you the ability to get past that so that we can grow and that we can serve and make an impact in the community here. And that's the place that this has to be. We're here to observe communion, all right? We're here to remind ourselves that Jesus Christ's body was broken for us, his blood was spilt for us, so that we can enter into the new covenant, which is forgiveness, grace, and eternal everlasting life. And we're here to remind ourselves that. And I say it all the time. Easter is not just one day a year. It's every single day. All right? And then here's the other thing. We're supposed to break bread together. And I say it all the time. If you feed them, they will come. Okay? And I know the circumstances have not been, um, you know, um, good for that kind of setup. But we need, I'm just telling you, we need to get back to where we're eating more together. And we need to have that type of fellowship. I don't know what it is. Sue sent me an article this week, um, and it was talking about the benefits that happen when you eat together as a family. And that means small family, big family, the more the merrier. Get them in there, and I'm just telling you, there is a secret, and Jesus knew it. You see all the talks he had with his disciples, it was over food. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, I'm sure they were just eating fish and it had any seasoning or salt or anything like that on it, maybe. I don't know. But it was, the importance was that they were relaxed and they were there eating and it gave them the opportunity to bond and to build fellowship and friendship and a brotherhood. And I'm telling you that if we want to grow as a family here and grow into one flesh and have our spiritual lives increase, we're to break bread together. It says it right there. They, the breaking of bread. And it has to be a place of prayer. I've already hit this, but we need to be a church of prayer. And uh, I know Barb sends out a lot of stuff. I know some of you guys communicate. I know that we send out a lot of calls about prayers. We need to be a church of prayer. We need to be on our knees all the time praying. Because we have a purpose. And the purpose is that we are to go out into all the nations, baptizing, 
men and women and children in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that Jesus Christ taught us because he is with us all the way through, even in heaven, he will be with us. So is church attendance important? Vitally. It's vitally important that we come together. It's vitally important that we get more to come together with us. This isn't a sermon about growing numbers. This is about what the Bible calls us to do. And the Bible calls us to have fellowship and to grow and not leave anybody behind, but grow as a family and come together as a family. Thank you for tuning into Star Church's sermon. We truly hope that the sermon edified you today and brought you closer to the Lord. For more information about Star Church, visit our website at stargbchurch.com. Once again, that's stargbchurch.com. If you would like to visit our church, our address is 4925 State Road 142 North, El Dorado, Illinois 62930. We now pray that God will bless you as you enter the mission field and bring his word to the world. And as always, we will see you next time here at Star Church. Thank you.